Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart here with Betsy Vaughan. Betsy Vaughan, how's it going? Hi, happy Friday. Friday, best day of the week. It means that can yes. get some work done over the weekend because no one's <laughs> calling. <laughs> that is um, so true. <laughs> it is, isn't it? So picking up on where we were talking last week about it being crazy, um, this week has got no quieter. So, so good though. I think this week has been, has been a bit different we've uh, had lots of great conversations with people jumping on board um we've commented a couple of times before but oftentimes we're talking to people having spoken to them again a year later um but actually the last couple of weeks it's been a lot of new people coming through some great ideas people are more yeah. and more coming with a clear idea of how they're going to use their book which we're going to dive into a bit more today but um but that's been a difference in the conversations i've had I'm not sure if it's been the same at your end yeah, absolutely. So, a um, lot of new people on board, a lot of some of the same conversations with people a year ago, still having those conversations. <laughs> and I think some of it really does come about, the, the, the problem is where they have trouble pulling that trigger is what we're going to talk about today, because they, they're not all sure what they want to do with the book or what to do with the book once they've done it. And I right. and, and we've talked about this before, I hear that all the time. I mean, I can have a great conversation with someone. They can be dialed into like what their message is. And then they truly like, what the heck do I do with this book afterwards? Like how do I, you know, so um, as someone who answers this question a lot, I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited to get this information out there um, and help our, our listeners know what to do with this book. Fantastic. There's uh, one of the best TV shows in the UK ever was a uh an older show from like the eighties there's yes minister and yes prime minister so it's a bit like um i can't think of a u.s equivalent i was gonna say oh. house of cards but it's really it's really the other end of the spectrum mm. from that but anyway there's a a political minister trying to sort of stick in his career as an elected official and then all of the officials trying to keep the civil service going and there's a line from that saying it's the uh false economy of ministers think they need to do something and this is something therefore they should do this which is the exact opposite of <laughs> we should do this for a reason so occasionally we'll have calls like that where i think people have heard other people talking about a book and they think that this is something that they should do but without that clear understanding of why they should do it and how it fits into the bigger picture and how it can really change some outcomes yeah, it is a difficult conversation both to kind of contextualize it and to eventually just pull a pull the trigger in and get on with mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so, for sure. Today we are looking at the book blueprint mindset number eight, which is beyond your book. We've touched on this a couple of times in the last ones, because obviously this is the direction it's going. This is the reason for doing it. So it crops up in some of the earlier mindsets. So today we're going to dive deep into that. I think we might even run over two episodes maybe because there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of different use cases sure. that people can use it. So we might end up um, running over two. So we'll start off today by looking at the mindset and the various stages, looking at the beyond the book and what to do with the book at, at a um, I was going to say philosophical level, but a, a theoretical level of what the important pieces are, the building blocks of things to consider. But then really we'll get into the, a couple of great ideas for how people can use it. So I think today we'll start off with some of the more straightforward ones and then we'll go into some of the more bigger, um, more slightly more complicated ones or, or the next rung out, if you like, of, uh, of ideas of how to use it next time. Does that sound good? Super. <clears throat> Sounds great. 
perfect. So, again, with all of these episodes where we're going through the blueprint scorecard, I head over to the show notes and there'll be a copy of the scorecard there. This is episode 55, so 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast and episode 55. Or if you want to fill out your own scorecard to see how you score, then head over to bookblueprintscore.com and then step by step we'll take you through the eight mindsets. You can score yourself against each of the the stages that we've got and then just see how your idea, your book idea is stacking up against that. So let's crack on with mindset number eight beyond your book. So the first level is where you don't really have a, a use case for the book in mind. Like we were just saying, you hear other people talking about the book, you know, it's something that you should do. You've maybe got a couple of good ideas, but in terms of how you're actually going to use it and what its job of work is in your bigger marketing plan, you're not really thinking about that. You're coming to it very much from the point of view of creating something and almost a kind of, if you build it, they will come type approach of, let me just do this and then worry about it afterwards. So that's the, lower level of this particular mindset Mm -hmm. moving on one from there we then move into you're planning on doing some things with it so you're thinking about having a landing page to collect the leads you want to give books away via partners you want to make the book available on amazon but you haven't you really yet thought about what happens after that so you've got as far as thinking okay i should do something with it but the follow-on sequence how you engage with people afterwards what their experience is or what their next step is again not really considered so a little bit better than just building it and hoping at least you build it and put it out there but you don't really have a a funnel or a structure in place to take those people and then do something with it so the stage after that then the third stage is you have a follow-up email in mind to engage with people who are ready to act now but you don't have a plan to engage people or potential leads over the longer period so this happens a lot. People will think about, particularly as they've listened to the show before, or the More Cheese Less Whiskers show, or they're familiar with the Profit Activator mindsets, this concept of of taking people and doing something in that first stage. It's very um, common, not, not the right word, but a, a lot of people can kind of conceptualize that and think about it. So, okay, someone's going to download the book and then I'm going to immediately ask them if they're ready to get started. But really, the, it's less likely rather than more likely that someone is, out of everyone that opts in at least, that, the pe- that someone is ready to get started that particular moment. What's more likely is that they're not ready to get started just yet. Either the timing's not quite right or their mindset's not in the right position or some external factor happens that just prevents them from getting started right now. So if the only thing you've got is that immediate follow-up, that's great and two stages better than not having anything at all but there's still the opportunity to keep in touch with people over the longer period keep front of mind and that's really when we get into mindset number four the the most developed of these mindsets or the stages within this mindset rather which is you have a funnel in place to deliver additional value relative to the book after someone's initially requested a copy so it's a way of asking engaging questions continuing the conversation with them and having a reason to regularly communicate with those people who have made themselves visible but who aren't ready to act right now and this is a lot of what we do around the podcast again we refer to the more cheese less whiskers model a lot because that's the that's the best example that we've got of this the 
book podcast, uh, the book more show model kind of models that a little bit, but not quite to the same extreme. So really what happens there, again, sticking with the more cheese, less whiskers example is someone will opt in for a copy of that book in the first place. We deliver them a copy of the book. There's an immediate follow-up to try and engage people who are the hottest and are ready to take a step forward at that point. But if they're not, they go into the funnel of receiving the podcast broadcasts every weekend when the podcast is released. And then additionally, we've got two other emails that go out in the week that refer back to previous episodes. And in each of those email communications, there's a PS and a super signature that give people the opportunity to raise their hand again or express uh, an interest, take an action, uh, join a particular program. All of these touch points going on for the life of, of when they're on the, on the list. There's a good comparative with the realtor example there. So we've got, um, we had a couple of weeks ago, no, a month ago, maybe, um, that we had the realtor seminar in Orlando, the GoGo Agents Academy. And in there, there was an example that one of the realtors was playing a message that he'd received from a customer who had been on his mailing list for four years. So in the realtor space, this flagship communication, this regular reason to stay in touch with people, we have around the Marketing Monday broadcasts or the Market Watch broadcasts. So this chap had phoned up to say... Um, Hey, Kenny, I'm just reaching out to you. I must have fallen off your list or something because I haven't received any messages for a couple of weeks now. We're actually ready to list our property that's up there in, in this particular area. Um, I couldn't find oh. your number, so I had to contact another realtor in the area to get your details, but we're ready to list. If you can give me a call, we'll get started. Wow. So the, it was so funny to listen to. The background to it was this guy had opted into a list four years ago. Kenny had been sending in the regular communications for that period of time, hadn't heard anything, had decided to purge the list a little bit over the end of the year. So it had actually taken him off because he hadn't responded. And then the guy reached out saying, oh, hey, for some reason, I must have fallen off your list, but we're ready to list. I then had to phone up another realtor and ask for your number, which you can imagine how well received that call went, um, and, and listed. So this kind of concept of he opted in in the first place for what was probably either a pricing guide or an area guide to properties in that particular area. Four years goes by and he doesn't particularly raise his hand or make himself known for any reason, but he's been receiving value over that period. He's built a sense of reciprocity to a certain degree, no like and trust. Kenny is a realtor to then go through all of the, all of the effort of, of doing a bit of a, uh, a roundabout route to get his number and say, Hey, okay, now we're ready to go. So that is the example of having something that can continue to reach out beyond the book, beyond the thing that's got someone to raise their hand in the first place is just a great little example of it. People convert over the long term. If you were only running ads so that people who are ready on that particular day converted, and this is the problem sometimes with some like AdWords ads, um, Facebook ads, that type of thing, where the offer is just for that immediate satisfaction that's great, but what it misses out on is everyone that you could be putting that ad in front of who would raise their hand as interested, but who just don't happen to be ready on that particular day at that particular time. Right. You know, I think about, because um, and I've said this, I think, before on here, I I have a, a, a greater sense of urgency than, say, Dean Jackson. You know, 
So with, if we put an ad someplace like on Facebook, we do an ad, I want immediate results, you know, and this is a good reminder that's with, with Kenny, like, you know what, you keep doing those things and, and, and it, it's not today, it's not about today, but you know, four years down the road, you're still going to want the business, you know, yeah. and, and all of that effort, like you said, you're building that value, building that trust and boom, you know, completely out of, the, out of the blue. I think that's a great story just because they reached out to someone else and said, hey, I'm looking for this guy. <laughs> you can, I mean, that, that's incredible. That I can just picture the story of the guy phoning up in the real estate and saying, oh, you, so you're looking to list your house. That's fantastic. And the guy said, yeah, we've been thinking about it for a while and we're definitely ready to go now. We've got everything lined up. We're going to pull the trigger. So what I really need is Kenny's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, that is great. The yeah. as people are listening to this and thinking about it in your own situation, it can seem a little bit daunting thinking about how that ongoing funnel works. So we're obviously pretty familiar and comfortable with the podcasting mechanism across the business. We've got five or six different podcasts going, and they all follow the same kind of mechanism for getting people in at the front and then having reasons to communicate with them over the long term. So why? I was just having this conversation with the guys that came on board yesterday. The thing to think about is whatever's comfortable for you. So whether this is a ongoing cycle of being able to communicate with people in the realtor world, that market watch broadcast, the market making Monday message, it's, it's easy to create that because there's always things happening in the market, the real estate market. Um, a lot of people know my brother's a yacht broker. We're just at the, Palm Beach um, uh, boat show at the moment. So the follow-on sequence there is less, um, it's more difficult to have quite such a regular interface because fewer super super yachts come on the market than they do regular houses within that area. So the timeframe that we've got for those communications is different than we would have. We don't, we send out monthly communications, we don't send out weekly communications because for that particular business model that makes more sense Mm -hmm. for another group of people it might be the case that i'm really struggling to think about what a very regular communication might be so instead think about in what is what are the 12 touch points or the 25 26 touch points or the 52 touch points that might be relevant for that person to know after they initially opt in and put them into a sequence that's predefined even if you don't have all of those in place on day one at least have the first 10 of them done and then fill the funnel afterwards kind of keep seeding that afterwards and by the time you've got worked through that first iteration of it then thinking about what might be a more common a more um, frequent communication things like that might be become more obvious it's sometimes difficult if you haven't gone through this process before to think about it now what it might look like in its perfect form but really the key is just think about doing something have a regular reason to stay in touch with them after that first touch point so some of the ideas that i've talked about a few times to people are taking the elements from within the book and just expand each of those into a short email that either just puts the same point in a slightly different way or uses slightly different um, different examples or get things like infographics created or images created or have a quick flowchart or a guide or a checklist or a um, a checklist or an assessment. Anything that you can do to 
have the opportunity to deliver some additional value to people, even if the actual thing is the same, you're just positioning it in a different way. So have the opportunity to deliver that extra value. And then the key is that in each email that you're sending out, there is a PS or a super signature or something at the bottom to say, okay, here's this additional information, whatever the words are, whatever the images, whatever the, the audio or the video, whatever you're sending. And at the bottom saying, PS, if you're ready to get started today, we're doing this thing next week. It'd be great if just let me know you're interested and I'll get you the details. PS, here are three ways that we can help you if as soon as you're ready. Go and listen to this additional stuff on the website. Fill out this scorecard over here so you can position yourself. Um, join us on the next program that starts next week and let us just hit reply and we'll get you all the details. So it's almost that Trojan horse approach of delivering a, a wrapper of value but the message that's on the inside is, by the way, don't forget, here's how to get started. Here's how to get started. Here's how to get started. And what that does, yeah. it's not only keeping you front of mind because you, you're delivering something useful to people, but it's also positioning it from, you're not just sending them a sales letter. You're not just saying, hey, you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Yeah. You're saying, here's something more that's useful, that's relevant to the way that you came in. And PS, if you're ready. Yeah. I think it is very valuable. We, um, when I sat through Dean's breakthrough event in, back in the fall, um, there was a lot of conversation about the super signature. And, you know, there's, we send out, we send out a lot of emails and of great value, you know, to, to clients, potential clients. But that little reminder, you know, um, every time it's interesting. People will say that you know, to me as well, like, oh, I've been following you all. I get your emails for the past year. And, and so now I'm ready to have a conversation, maybe never even responded to anything, but it's just that constant little bit of reminder, you know, and, and like you said, four years later, somebody raises their hand. So, um, so yeah, it is under overvaluing the short term and undervaluing the long term, I think, because if you're, um, say that again, undervaluing, yeah, undervaluing the, or sorry, overvaluing the short term and over and undervaluing the long term. So people yeah. will put a Facebook campaign out and think, okay, I've spent $500 on ads and it's a month later and I've only got one person right. um, who's on board as a client. So that overestimating the short term, thinking that this is going to be the greatest thing but then undervaluing the fact that, okay, if you do have that way of continuing to communicate with people, that Facebook, that $500 spend might have picked up a hundred people who have opted in. And of that hundred people, one person might have raised their hand today, but over a four year period or over a two year period, then 10 people or 15 people, or 20 people might have come on board as a client in different ways. And because it's so difficult to attribute all of the all of the clients directly with what the reason was that they came on board it can sometimes be difficult to justify the ad spend in the first place um mm -hmm. or to continue doing it and it's it's definitely the case that you need to think about all of the numbers the short-term numbers are important as well because obviously if you go out of business before the rest of the people get a chance to come on board, then that's not, that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as you know what the long-term, if you've got an idea of what the long-term success rate is, if you keep an eye on it and track it so that you know, or you've got a, a good gut feeling about um, what is making the difference, 
then it changes your view slightly on one what's worthwhile yeah. doing. Um, that, and, that's true. That's true. And just on the Facebook ad type thing, if you were running an ad, so the two ends of the spectrum, one end is running an ad saying, get started with me. We have the, what's an example that we haven't used recently? Um, of a business, a osteopath, because I was talking to Paul earlier on today. So if you're running an ad saying that come to our practice with the best osteopath around and here's a, a click through to our website where you can find out some more details. And if you're paying a dollar per click on those ads, the likelihood of being able to track that through or those people immediately converting. Yes, there's a certain amount of people who are, um, specifically looking for an osteopath at that time and they the timing might be right but instead if you run an ad that offers people to uh, guide the back pain guide or the uh over 50 over 50s guide to stretching although as i'm getting closer to 50 i think i need to move that number the over 70s guide <laughs> to stretching um something where you've got an opportunity to capture the details and continue the conversation then as we've said the, the dynamics change quite mm -hmm. a lot um, just from one end of the spectrum to the other one what you could do for a similar amount of effort in getting the ad campaign up and running in the first place um okay so yeah. that gives us the background of the mindset so we go from the lowest level of the mindset which is you really want to build it and hope they'll come not really thinking about the follow-on through to the top end where you've got not only an initial engagement but you've also got a way of continuing to follow up with people over time so what i wanted to do with the rest of the time today is go through a couple of the examples of the more straightforward things that you can do, the easier steps, the kind of low-hanging fruit once your book's created. So not all of this is relevant to the, the ongoing communication with things. Some of these are uh, immediate touch points, but keeping that mindset, that framework in mind of really the objective is to get people to raise their hand, make the invisible leads visible. That's kind of step one. But step two is then continuing to have a, a conversation opportunity with them then that's the um that's the kind of key framework that's underlying this so yeah with that okay let's do a couple of examples let's do it so i think the first one that uh, the first one that springs to mind is for anyone that's been in business for any amount of time you've just written a book that's relevant to the customers that you're currently dealing with because let's assume that we're talking about someone who's written a book that's for their business so there's a there's a consistency there there's a relevancy there so you've got two groups of people who you already know there's your existing customers and then there's the unconverted leads that you've already got so those two groups you don't need to go out and find them you know who they are already there's varying degrees of how much they know like and trust you because some of them are customers and some of them have just opted into something previously so of that list one of the easiest things you can do is send those guys an email letting them know that you've just written a book because they know who you are you know who they are you already know that you're interested in the same subject so that is a super simple day one step of using this thing that you've just spent some time and money and efforts to uh, to create so those two groups we don't want to send the same email to both of them because they're um, they're different people. Our relationship with them is different. So taking first the ones that are already customers, we can send them an email 
in some conversational language that's nice and uh, friendly and engaging because what we want to do is a make them feel special and b remind them that they've got the opportunity to refer us if we can help their friends and family who might be struggling with the same issue so sending the existing customers and a, a short email saying hey just wanted to let you know we've just written or i've just written this book it helps some people with this particular thing that we're already working together with i just wanted to let you guys have a let you have a copy of it first because obviously we've done a lot of work together and we've got a good relationship after that then include a line that says by the way if you know of a friend or family member that's also struggling with this issue then let me know and i can give you a copy of this book to give to them so let's unpack that a little bit the first line is just yeah. that kind of reintroduction um just making the point that it's warm and friendly giving them the feeling mm -hmm. that you wanted to get it to them first because they're your closest group of people and then the second line, the referrals, this isn't saying to them, okay, if you've got some friends and family who are interested, give me their name and email address and their social security number and I'll contact them and harass them until they become a customer. <laughs> what you're right. saying instead is, if you know people who are talking about it, who have this issue already, then let me know and I'll give you a copy of the book to give to them. Because hopefully in some of the work that we've done to create the book, we've already got a strong call to action on the back that gives people a very easy way of taking the minimum viable commitment next step. So you already know if someone physically gets a copy of the book or even digitally gets a copy of the book, the next step is very obvious to them. It's not like you're obscuring what the next thing is. So you've got some confidence that they'll get back to you in an easy way. And by saying to your customer, the person that you know, you'll give them a copy of it so that they can give it to their friends means that they're more likely to have that thought in their mind. They're more likely to make that connection because they're not also feeling that, well, I think Mike would like a copy of this, but I don't want to give you Mike's number because then you're going to bug him. Um, right. And it also gives them the benefit of, um, forget what the psychological term's called, but this kind of group supremacy, superiority type thing of if, you're able to give someone the book that fixes their problem, you immediately get some kind of ah. kudos or brownie points or you're in a high right. esteem within the group because you're the one that's got the connection to the solution. So there's a couple of triggers yeah. in play there that means that that action of sharing your book with the most, uh, with your closest group of people in the hope that they'll A, get some value from it, uh, B, it will boost your relationship a little bit and, and see they'll then refer other people or or create that referral opportunity doing it in that way doing it in the orchestrated but um kind of like passive orchestrations if you like you kind of orchestrate in the scenario in which they could refer but you're not aggressively going after the lead too soon um mm -hmm. it's a bit like the dating analogy that we've said before it's, it's saying to your friend listen if you've got a i really need a, a day if you know someone that um that we would be a good fit for then give them my number it's not like you're going to a friend saying okay let's open your phone book open your phone book that's dating us as well not oh, going well, through your yeah. phone going through your phone and then give me that guy's number in order to and i'll call them and, and hand them for a date it's it's like a similar kind of analogy right does that example make sense no absolutely absolutely makes sense and i think the great thing about 
some of the first things we're going to talk about are these are not time consuming. You're looking at a few minutes of your time to get this out and the cost, there's no cost involved, you know? <laughs> exactly. um, so, so, you know, that there, there, we've got a few ideas that are just not going to cost you anything to do. Yeah. And um, there's so much kind so, of overcomplicating and I want to know how to do Facebook ads and lead ads yes. and what's all this about retargeting yeah. and all of this stuff, which is great, but let's, let's pick off the easy ones first. Right, right. Let's let's work within your budget, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. So I think these are some. We got some great ideas, and that's definitely very simple. Um, and and like you said, everybody has some sort of list, or you know, can reach out to those people, those who who've already raised their hand a little bit, and those who have just sort of opted yeah. in or what have you. So, and yeah. taking it one step further, I mean, we're using the example of existing customers, potentially you're relatively new to business or new in the area. You might not have those customers, but there might be groups mm-hmm. of people or there should be groups of people that you know, like and trust already who, if you walked past them in the supermarket, you'd kind of stop and ask them and see how their kids are. It's not that you'd see them across the other aisle and you'd kind of turn them the other way because you know them, but you don't want to um, you don't get drawn into a conversation it's this group this kind of first circle out of people who you have a relationship with have influence with who they like you and, and you like them so the other element to add into it is give the email that you write the kind of sniff test the starbucks test as dean calls it of not being too convoluted with the language so mm-hmm. The way that I naturally speak, it comes across in the podcast, I think, but the way I naturally speak and naturally write is more, um, comes from more of a corporate background because that is my background. And right. that can come across in the emails and it's difficult. I've definitely got to sort of write an email, put it to the side, come back the next day and then give it the Starbucks test, which is if I bumped into you at Starbucks and said these words out loud, would it just sound weird and clunky and, and, uh, like a robot was writing it or it was coming from a big corporate machine as opposed to saying, oh, Hey Betsy, great to see you. I've just written this. I mean, not l- launched straight into it, but yeah, I, I've just, I wanted you to know first because we've worked close together before. I know that this subject was of interest to you. A lot of stuff you'll already know, but I want to share this book with you. And then you might have someone else that uh, is talking about this particular issue. So again, um, let me know and I'll give you a copy in order to give it to them. So the only other bit that I'll add into that is just give it the Starbucks test to make sure that the language that you're using isn't too corporate speaky. It's more conversational just because this, it's this first group of people that you're speaking to. I love that. I did that. Honestly, it's the first time I've heard you or Dean say that. Oh, is it? Yeah. And you know what? That's so true. I, I sometimes think, um, with emails, people get them and I, and we all get them and they're so formal and there's, you know, like you said, they're so corporate. And I think something that may be a little light headed, like you run into somebody at Publix. Exactly. You know, hi, how are you? This is what's going on. Very, very light people, people respond to that. You know, I think they, it feels more personal and, I know I'm more apt to respond to something like that, you know, than this you know, formal the, form letter. Because your eyes just scan over it. You kind of get banner blindness yeah. to emails that look corporate because there's no connection there and you just skip over it because you think, oh, I might come back to that later, but it's just not as personal. So this model that we're talking about, it forms a, a 
they're quite a substantial part of email mastery, which is one of the email based programs that we have mm-hmm. on the other side of the business. So as you're listening to this, if this is something that you're interested in, definitely go and grab a copy of the email mastery book at emailmastery.com. And then that talks about a few more of these techniques about making email much more effective than it is in this kind of traditional corporate sense. Um, Continuing that theme, then bridging it across into existing unconverted leads. So these are people who you know who they are, so there's no acquisition cost, but they're not people who have become customers yet. So for whatever reason, you don't have as strong a relationship with them. It not, might not be the right time for them. So with those guys, there's a, the re-engagement opportunity. So you may or may not, depending on what your email um strategy is you may or may not have been regularly communicating with these people anyway so tweak slightly what i'm about to say but the opportunity to re-engage with them using the book as the example you can just send an email out again what we refer to as a spear email short personal expecting a reply to say hey betsy i just wanted to let you know i've written a book that i think you'd be interested in called whatever it is about the particular business if you'd like a copy, just hit reply and let me know. I'll I'll get one out to you. That way, anyone that is still in, interested, who might be interested, there's an opportunity to re-engage them in a conversation. They can hit reply and you can send a copy of the book back to them. And again, we're, we're talking about digital copies here. We're not talking about physical copies. Right. I mean, the whole premise of the thing that we do, we never refer to books as eBooks because that's needlessly devaluing what it is. I mean, the whole, right. the whole term eBook is like a nineties term referring to something that doesn't actually exist. It's not a thing. There's no format called ebook it's it's a pdf e-book. or it's a epub or it's a mobile it's it's something so referring to it as sending we've seen it before people sending out an email saying mm-hmm. hey betsy i've just written a book that i think you'll be interested in it's about the subject that we talked about before so if you want a copy of my ebook let me know and i'll send it to you i mean what's the point in that you've just devalued and diminished yes, the thing that you've exactly. offered them so the fact that you are sending them a digital book I, that doesn't matter. It's not, um, that's, that's not the main thing. The main thing is re-engaging someone in a conversation. So they hit reply, requesting a copy of it, send them that reply and then have a follow-up email the next day saying, have you tried such and such yet? So for us, we often talk about, uh, have you picked a single target market yet? Or do you have a, a, um, a call to action in mind or have you written an outline all of these things that are short personal and expecting a reply so the one thing we never do i should probably check all of our emails now to double check but one thing we should never <laughs> do is say to people i hope you had a chance to read the book or what did you think of the book because that those questions don't move the conversation further forward because right. really you don't care i mean you're not asking for them to edit the book or review it or give your opinion although all of those things might be useful i mean if they happen to come up in conversation later and said oh i didn't quite get what you were talking about in this particular chapter then you might want to look at that and and consider adding some stuff to it or if they said oh this bit was the most valuable thing i've ever read was on page 37 then you might want to look at what that was and pull that out and use it in some other campaigns further down the track so not that you're devaluing their opinion but we're just asking them 
questions like that doesn't move the conversation forward. So our aim at kind of each minimum viable commitment step is to move the conversation further forward to be all, in order to be able to help them as best as possible. So that email going to the, the other group of people, going to the people who are on your list so there's no acquisition costs, but they haven't converted yet, so you don't have quite the same relationship with them, sending them a re-engagement email, asking them if they want a copy of the book. If you're super concerned about... Well, okay, I was going to say, if you're super concerned about getting swamped with email replies, then you could, in theory, send them to a download page saying... Um, I've written this book. If you want to get a copy of it, go to this page to opt in. But really, I mean, technically you could do that, but I would advise everyone not to do that because not to do that. yeah, because it's too much resistance. People, that group of people are on the list already. So there's no benefit in getting them to opt in. The only benefit yeah. would be that you would identify who the hotter ones are in some email systems. You could do that with things called like intelligent links. So in our GoGo mm-hmm. client system, We've got intelligent links so you can tell when someone's clicked on a link. But even that is unnecessarily relying on technology. The whole thing that we're trying to do is engage people in a conversation. So the bit, the best suggestion that I would say is get people to reply and say, oh, yeah, please send me a copy of it. Because the reality is you're not going to get deluged. I would almost challenge anyone to come back and say, oh, I had so many responses, I couldn't cope with it because right. a, but what, it's a, not what, a, what a horrible problem yeah, yeah exactly yeah, i mean yeah, come right. on you yeah. know so if you get that many people i think you should you know do your best to, to hurry up and respond to them I yeah mean, yeah that's, hire an intern yeah. for a couple of days or exactly in a family yeah. member and uh right. make, start... your, make your kid do it you know yeah, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So. so it's it, we do hear it a surprising amount of time where people like across the various bits of the business where people will say oh yeah but the problem is how do you cope with all of those responses well exactly as you said what a fantastic problem to have um, yeah yeah if it is an absolute genuine concern, I mean, I wouldn't suggest sending it out to 10,000 people in one go, but then just break mm-hmm. the list down into do some sensible breakdown of the list so that maybe you send a slightly different words to people who have opted in through the different routes. So sticking with the osteopath example, if they came in with back pain, send them a slightly different email than if they came in with foot pain. Um, if that is a real concern, but again, don't let the complexity of it stop you from doing it in the first place. Just the short, simple expression. Right, right, right. Hey, Betsy, I just wrote the uh, a new book about back pain. If you'd like a copy of it, I'd love to send it to you. Just let me know, and I'll I'll get it straight out. Okay, so those yeah. two things are. Um, Listen, probably- if we stop right now, those are real, <laughs> that alone is some really great information. Um, what was one of the other not ones just that- from a book standpoint, you yeah, know, just even if a- it's just, just, just from a business standpoint, I mean, you know, if you have the opportunity to re-engage someone, you know, or, you know, a, a, an unconverted lead, I mean, do, we've given them some great ideas on, on just that even without the book you know yeah, so, I'd suggest um, that everyone goes to heads over to more cheese less whiskers um sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> well i do suggest going there as well but that's not what i meant yeah. head over to emailmastery.com and grab a copy yeah. of that book because uh, there's a whole load of of again that's a another 90 minute book there's a couple of concepts that are just easy to get to grips with yeah and there's there's a lot more stuff to pick up from there for sure what we are we should probably have landed it there then. 
What the was the next yeah. one that we had on the list? I know that we brought up a list. Uh, we were talking about websites, putting on a website. Um, and okay, then... I'll just hit that one quickly then, and then we can pick up some of the other ones yes. later. So this one was making the suggestion that you've now got the book, so include the book on the website. So a lot of it's really it still surprised me how few people do this. So on your website, on your main domain, you've probably got lots of information about what you do and about your services and how you got started and a mission statement and a picture of the team. Um, <laughs> we saw one not so long ago, which was, I think it was a realtor one of like the power team walking down the street type picture. Um, which just made me chuckle every time I see it. It makes me think of a, uh, there's a commercial that, uh, that has that. Anyway, whatever it was. So on your website already, you've probably got all of these things, but what the majority of people are still lacking is an easy opt-in for people to leave their details. So often, well, in fact, almost every time, every website has call us now for an appointment that type of thing but for those people who are passing by and who aren't ready immediately it's the same problem as the ad problem we talked about before it's the minority of people who are ready to pull the trigger immediately only the hottest of the hot are ready to go now so by putting your book on the website allowing people to opt in and serves exactly this purpose all of that passing traffic that would otherwise just pass away and you'd have to reacquire it giving a book opt-in on the website is just a way of capturing at least a proportion of that traffic and then communicating them over the long run and then you've got the opportunities of as well of as you're out and about meeting people or in an email or on uh, responding to things on linkedin or in social media you've got the opportunity of saying, oh, here's the answer to the question. But if you want to know more about it, just go and grab a copy of my book and it's on www.whatever. Um, so that was the other very quick win. Most websites, or even if you need to pay the website manager to update it, it's usually pretty straightforward to add that opt-in into the uh, into the page, put it front and center so that at least you've given yourself more of an opportunity to pick up on some of that passing traffic. Awesome. Okay. That's, so, yeah. yeah. That was a good start. I think those ones, if that was by, a great start. yeah, if by next week, um, so, cause we've definitely got more of a list that we want to go through and make some suggestions, some ideas. So I think over the next couple of shows, we're going to dive into this a little bit more. We've got an interview next week with Joe Yakovich where we were diving into, he's recently finished a book so we were using him as an example to go through some of the specifics on how he could use it so we've got that interview coming up i think we've got at least two more shows on some of the detailed ways that people can use it so some of those things will resonate as you're listening to this there's going to be some more ideas over the next couple of weeks so i think this wraps up the book blueprint scorecard way nicely yeah i'm not sure that made sense that sentence but yeah it's uh it ramps up nicely because we've gone through the details of how to get it done and the best ways of thinking about each stage and now we're really talking about the whole reason that we're doing this is to get it out there into the hands identifying invisible leads and starting that conversation that you can then convert into customers and help people to achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve awesome yeah, this is a great this is a great start. I think this whole series has been awesome, and um, beyond this this one though is probably been my favorite. I think there's so much valuable, and I know I say that every every time, but <laughs> there this is so much valuable information. Um, 
I'm excited about it, really. I mean, like, and hopefully, things you know, that I, people can execute. I mean, the conversations that we have where people yes. are actually, when we check back in with people later, and there's some people who haven't really won with it, and other people who are just knocking it out of the park in what they're doing, and having those conversations yep. with those guys is is really. I mean, it makes us feel like it's all worthwhile, but it's just super Absolutely. exciting to see what those guys are doing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Okay. So as listening to this, this is going to be episode 55. So head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast and then episode 55, just in the show notes or at the bottom of the, the, post of the individual episodes there's also a tag or a link to the other book blueprint score episodes so we've got eight of them up there now so if you want to listen to the others in the series rather than scrolling just hit on that book blueprint score uh, tag and then that will list them all at once and the best thing you can do obviously is if you think about doing this is just jump on board and get started so if you head over to 90minutebooks.com and then follow the get started link then we'll be here waiting to get you through the process and we can have your book up and done by the summer and then implementing some of these plans to to kind of really engage those leads and, and find new ones and and really just make this a, a win-win for both you guys as the as the business owners and, and customers who are going to learn some information that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. Super. I, Anything that we've missed? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Perfect. So in that case, we will catch up with everyone next time. Oh, one last quick one, I guess, is if you want to yeah. be a guest on the show, we've got a nice series of guests coming up now. But if you do want to be a guest on the show, just head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash guest and just drop in your, your name and a quick note of what you want to get out of the call. And then we can go through some, um, hatch some evil schemes for you and, and get a great book ideas for either how to create it in the first place or how to use it. So um, definitely do that if you want to run through some stuff on the call. Very good. Okay. Thanks, Betsy. I'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Take care.